0: Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast, where we bring you the best growth strategies from the world's experts to help build your business fast. And now, here's your host, Mark Fidelman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast. Joining me today is David Finberg. And we're going to talk about how to rank on the first page of Google. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm skeptical too, but I really know there is an art of ranking on the first page of Google. I don't know the magic formula. David is going to help us through that. But before we get started, David, can you give us a brief background on yourself?
1: Absolutely. Uh, You know, I've been building websites since I was a a teenager, Um, you know, have about 10 years in the industry, have ranked everything from, you know, small mom and pop. You know niche sites all the way up to you know sites that competed with Microsoft and in some of the more competitive spaces. Um, I'm a, I'm out here in Denver. I love to bike and hike. I have a a, a year and a half old puppy uh, named Zorro um, that I love to just go outside with and get to socialize with uh, you know the neighborhood and get to meet people and uh, and yeah, it's a, it's it's been a pretty pretty awesome ride. Um, you know one thing that you might not know about me is I, I used to be a former um, master Mercedes mechanic, uh, so I wasn't always in SEO, uh, but I always had this love and, and affinity for computers and technology and helping people understand it. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to to opening uh, opening up the black box, pulling out, you know, and demystifying some of the some of the uh, techniques that we use here at Peaks Digital Marketing, um, the company that uh, that I'm director of. Um, and you know diving into to some strategies that are actual and you can apply you know in real time on your website and see some results so uh, thanks for having me on the show um, and super super excited to dive in
0: all right good let's dive in um all right so let's talk about you know the first page of google is a pretty difficult place to get okay and especially with keywords that are Ranking really high in search results, meaning you know anything over a hundred thousand search results a, a month to me is is a uh, is a keyword worth being on the first page of. So, is that kind of how you define it? Is okay, we can get you on the first page of Google, and does that include kind of the the high-ranking keywords where there's a lot of search volume?
1: Yeah, yeah, it just depends on on the. You know strategy and and breadth and depth of your campaign, and so, um, you know what I, you know start with is typically a strategy session to say okay, um, what are our low hanging fruit opportunities? What are more of our longer you know longer uh, uh, time frame opportunities? And what our opportunities that are kind of in the middle, right? Where we can make some results on more competitive terms in a shorter time frame, and so it does depend on you know the authority of the site and so many factors go into to your ranking and so if you have like a big enterprise site that's already well positioned that has a lot of authority um it's very easy to make that pivot and and you know play in a market where um you know the competition is going to be high but you're at kind of that enterprise level and, and you're playing uh, amongst other people with similar metrics and similar websites um you know if you're starting from scratch it's still possible to break into those short tail terms um, you know, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? So it's it's different than than AdWords, where you just pay and you get on the first page. Um, that said, you know what I think is a is a big mistake for people is they go after these big, huge terms and they don't understand kind of the the market as a whole. And so I think it's very important to before you start pulling the trigger and start leveraging SEO for your brand, or as you're leveraging SEO for your brand, to really understand like what are the opportunities here. Um, so often do we see that. Yes, of course, you want to rank for those, you know, ultra niche, ultra competitive, you know, top of the first page kind of terms, right, where, where you're really going to get that brand authority and recognition. You also want to kind of go deeper into that niche and figure out where's the soft underbelly of of your competitors and these other campaigns that are being run. Um, and then are there any blue water, blue ocean, right, new keywords and new opportunities or trends or buzzwords in the market that you can also, you know, stay ahead of the curve on to, to better establish, you know. A stronghold in your SEO campaign earlier on. Um, I know that's a mouthful with long story short. Yes, you can start with ultra competitive. You can also, you know, what we like to do is is diversify it a little bit, kind of like a portfolio, right? You want to also include terms that are, you know, uh, emerging trends and and things that, you know, may not be an, an instant kind of gratification kind of thing and more of a long-term uh, approach that, you know, is, is if you put your thought into it and you plan for it early on, you can still have that, Exponentially, you know, reduced uh, uh, ranking, you know, time to rankings, and so you know, it starts with the data and really understanding the market, and then saying, okay, here's the the five or six terms that we know we want to go for. Here's maybe ten or fifteen other terms that are good to you know, uh, mid tier opportunities, um, and and basically align your business practices with you know what's going to make the most margin, what's going to best position you um, as you're growing, and so. there's a lot of components that go into it and I wouldn't shy away from, from the big stuff. I would also, you know, add that it's also important to look, um, look underneath every, you know, leave no stone unturned and really understand your market as a whole prior to dipping your toe in the water or doing a cannonball into the water. It's nice to have, you know, that full snapshot and be able to pull the right levers early on. Um, As you guys know, SEO can take, you know, three, six, nine months, depending on um, uh, your budget and you know the 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 competition, so many different factors, right? In your first thirty days, you should be aligning, and you can still make you know pretty significant strides. Um, in that 30, 60, 90 day mark, that'll you know lay the foundation for for your success as you grow.
0: Well, how do you and before we jump into how, how do you convince companies that you work with to make that level of investment? Because you know some of the uh, clients that I work with uh, just their backlink budget alone is a hundred thousand dollars for 90 days. So, you know, it's somebody that's just getting started or hasn't, doesn't have a lot of experience with SEO. How are you convincing them to, to do it?
1: It was really about identifying what would make the biggest impact, right? And what are their other, you know, past experiences. So typically it's, um, you know, hey, I didn't see results or I've never done this before. I don't know what I don't know. Um, or it's you know, hey, I'm doing great with paid. Why don't I just double down on paid? The great thing about SEO is it tends to be the highest uh, ROI channel for most businesses. And so once it's operating right, it's it's not that way in the beginning, right? If you're if you're starting from square one, right, it could take a few months for you to start seeing returns on on your investment. Mm-hmm. Over time, a great campaign, right? Well, you'll be able to snowball that and add. You know, you're putting in a dollar and you're getting back four or five, right? Whereas a traditional paid campaign, maybe you're putting in a dollar and you're getting back $2 and 35 cents, right. Or a dollar back. And so, you know, it, it's it's perfect for higher ticket services and it's perfect, you know, if you're structuring it in a way where um, you're using data and you're saying, okay, here are the opportunities based on our conversations. We used to, we, we usually like to take, you know, some sort of inventory of like what opportunities would be most valuable right. And align that strategy so that we can say, okay, here's, you know, here's our market, here's our metrics, here's our KPIs, right. Sales, traffic hits, bounce rate, conversion rate. Now let's go and, you know, set up landing pages and come in with a team um, of, of roughly, you know, nine to 10 people that are going to at any given point interact with their campaign. And so, you know, a lot of enterprises or, you know, larger businesses are even down to, to your smaller and mid tier businesses right? You, you need an expertise of, of an entire team. Um, your web developer is not necessarily going to be a content expert and a web developer may not necessarily design the website. They might just be the, the architect, right? Where you're handing the building plans to, um, right? And now out, backlink outreach isn't necessarily going to be an on-page SEO expert. And so there's about six to seven core areas, right? Reputation management, backlinks, uh, on-page SEO, web design development, new content, blogging right? Your page speed, how your site looks and feels and whether users, you know, enjoy the experience, right? You take all these, you know, seven to eight different core areas and you, and you try to become an expert in each and every one of them. And so, you know, when you're looking at that, you know, most people take an inventory and they say, wow, you know, realistically, I may have two or three hires that can do this, none of which are fully dedicated, right? Nor do they have the training and then I'm going to have to manage it. So we say, hey, why don't, why don't you, you know, Come in, and not only is it going to be a high RRI channel for you, we're going to fractionalize it and and bring in you know seven to ten or nine to ten different experts, right? Depending on the size and scope of your plan, and and it'll be less than the cost of you hiring um, these roles individually, and you won't have to manage it. And we'll use best practices and the experience factor and all those kinds of things. And so you're right, you know SEO can be expensive. Um, you don't have to start at a hundred. 100k or 30k backlink budget every month, right? You can start at a at a three or a five, right? And realistically, you should be spending 10% uh, of you know your your revenue on on marketing. And so, um, obviously, that's SEO is just a component of that, right? You want to have a nice omni omni-channel experience, whether it's email or social or you know paid traffic. It should all feel and look and, and kind of digest the same. Uh, on the other end right once you start to see the results um, and if you're working with an agency that's a month to month like we are right your your risk is relatively low um, your only real risk is your algorithms right and making sure that that the website is continually improved and and we're continuing to innovate and so um, you know the 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 upside is there in the long term in the short term right paid traffic's a great supplemental resource Um and and for those of you who who are experts in in your SEO and your SEO is going great, right? I would challenge you to say, hey, where where can it be better? Where is the next algorithm update? How are we doing on voice search, right? Is our page speed good? How can we continue to to push the the envelope so that um, you know as Google compares our websites and compares different. Uh, companies and people in our in our niches and industries, right? How do we stack up against our competitors? And if you have an A in every sector, or A's and B's in every sector, right? You start to um, during algorithm updates, you you end up jumping pages and right, really capitalizing on on you know the traffic that's available as Google you know wants to show the best websites and wants the best experience for the searchers. And so it's really, in a nutshell, just about giving Google and users what they want.
0: Yeah and but how do you know what Google wants? I mean it changes and all of a sudden you spend all this money getting it to what you think Google wants and maybe you did and let's just say it was in April and then there's a big change in June or July that totally wipes out your results you're no longer on page 1. What do you what do you tell clients?
1: You know what we specialize in is is reverse engineering the algorithm, right? And there are best practices, there are resources. Um, so we're part of a lot of the webmaster communities, right? There's Google Hangouts where you actually can speak with John and, and people at Google that will, you know, help answer questions and guide. Um, the reality is that a lot of this is is public information, right? And so if you look at, um, you know, the guidelines that Google has for websites and how they grade websites and some of the patents and things that are public information, Um you know, not to say that that we're spying on Google. We know everything about them, right? There's certainly like a learning curve. Um, you know, a new update could come out, and and things can change. And I think it's really about hiring the team that has the best practices in place and has the the you know can do innovative nature um, and the experimental processes to be able to identify and isolate what are these new factors that are coming into play. Like for example, in July we had you know the link spam update and. Uh, multiple updates, you know, throughout the year that have, that have changed. I read yesterday, someone uh, posted something that said Google had made 4,000 algorithm changes in 2020. So they're getting more frequent. That was up from 3,000. And so there's changes, multiple changes every day. Um, The fact is that, that if you're abiding by um, and you're, you're in the known in terms of like, what are some of the things that Google uses in terms of criteria? um, We can dive deeper into this. They call expertise, trust, authoritativeness, um, There's certain niches like your money, your life sites um, that can affect like your well-being, your health, your finances, right? So any good niche, in my opinion, like some of the most competitive niches um, out there, right? Like medical and finance and, you know, business services and, you know, accounting and all of these different niches, right? Can affect someone's money or life. Um, you know, th- we've we've built these series of best practices to help um help people innovate and help website owners innovate and stay ahead of these updates. Uh, truly it's, it's about, you know, usually nine times out of 10 when there's an algorithm update, um, there's things left on the site that, you know, users aren't aware of. So four or four pages, broken links, right. Um, experience issues, SSL issues, maybe there's a technical issue with, you know, the way that the site loads or your paid core web vitals, right? So there's all of these, these, different. It used to be, you could just have great backlinks and great content and your page speed could be like kind of okay, or maybe a little sucky. Right. And like your reviews could be okay. Now it's like, you really need to have, um, all seven of these areas, right? The backlinks, the reputation, the keywords and the on-page, the great content, the great design, the fast loading speed, right? All of these different things in concert. And then what we tend to see is when you hit the next algorithm update, Google's quality raters reevaluate your site to say, wow, you've got a great experience, great load times, great content. You know, you're a credible right. source. You've got expertise, trust, authoritativeness. So there's, you know, it sucks when you get hit with an algorithm update. Um, you know, we don't necessarily, we're not like making extra money off people during algorithm updates. They can be traumatic. Um, we've had a great track record of beating every single algorithm update. And You should hire an SEO team that Ultimately, after the algorithm update goes out, like you should be higher up than where you were originally, and that's what our goal is every time. And so you can't always predict Google, right? Um, if I could, I'd just wave a magic wand on on the reverse end. Like Google's not as much of a black box as people think. It's just about promoting great experiences. And if so, if you have these different metrics and you know touch points in each of these areas, okay, is my website load fast? Do I have calls to action? Do I have great headings? is the content structured correctly? Is it readable? Is the contrast right? Is it accessible? Right. Do we have alt tags? Are we, you know, really just it's tedious. It's like accounting, right? Like people can do it on their own. It's just a lot of, um, a lot of work and it's in some cases a lot of learning curve. And so, you know, what I would say is if you've been hit with an algorithm update, you know, get a free audit with us. We can, you know, share that information later have someone take a look at your site and get a second opinion and say, okay, well, like, we think everything's going well, but do we have broken links? Do we have thin content or pages that really signal low quality, maybe spelling errors or old blogs from 2014 that you forgot were on the site, right? All kinds of different scenarios. Um, and just working to clean up, you know, on a stage by stage basis, kind of like, you know, tuning up an old car, right? It could be a variety of things why it doesn't start. And it's really just going through making sure and running your checklist and, and having someone that can do that for you, as opposed to, you know, the business owner or the marketing director who, you know, has the 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 technical know-how, it doesn't have the scalability or, or the exact, you know, resources or expertise to get it done.
0: Let's go into how to rank on the first page of Google. So I don't know if you've got a formula or you've got some secret sauce. You know, I, I know pretty much the high level of it. And I I like to work with people like you that are experts to kind of fill in the blanks and then execute on it. So, you know, walk us through what you do. Yeah, so, you know, the, the
1: process starts with an audit, right? Checking these seven different areas. So how's your page speed? Do you have great reviews? Do you have, uh, you know, supporting content around your, your core selling points? And what so, do you mean
0: by great reviews? So what what
1: I look for is more or less an aggregate rating. So if I type in the business name and hit, you know, Peaks digital marketing reviews, right? Or put your business name or domain in and search reviews and see what pops up. This is one thing that Google's, uh, you know, experts look at when they're evaluating a site is what is the overall sentiment about your site, uh, both, you know, in terms of reviews and on social media and different places. And so one of the, the queries that they run is, you know, they're just look at your business plus reviews. And you'll, you'll be surprised. Sometimes you find different things. Like I've had uh, clients find reviews on Glassdoor, right. Where, you know, they're, you know, they had a past employee or someone that had, that inherently, you know, moved along from, uh, from the company or they decided to go a different direction. Right. And next thing, you know, um, you know, they're, they've got a one-star review on Glassdoor. And so they might have four or five great Google reviews, right. Or they have some great trust pilot reviews or, you know, most people have reviews somewhere, maybe on Yelp or Facebook or, right. Usually there's a platform or two where you, you'll collect a few reviews. You could have a five-star in there. And if you have a, if that's the only person that's left you Glassdoor review, right? So like, I would encourage you to look on, look, see if your business is on Glassdoor, see if you got a uh, you know, have a great review or if you have a couple of uh, not so great ones or, you know, just look and see what, what pops up for your business. Uh, and the goal is to get the aggregate rating much higher. And so, you know, let's say you have two re- two websites that have reviews, Google Business and Glassdoor. You really haven't spent a lot of time on your reviews. You know, we're not beating each other up over it. It's just the reality, right? You've got five stars on Google or 4.5, right? And then Glassdoor, you have a one star. So if you take the average of the review sources that you have, Technically you would have, you know, if it would average out, right. It'd be like a three something, right. Or a 3.0 or something in the, in the mid threes, as opposed to like the fact that you have more positive reviews on Google, you're really trying to get, um, across as many platforms as possible and accurate. You know, you don't want to like go fishing for reviews, right. You want to be able to have consistency in your reviews across your platforms. Right. And so um, the, the goal is that you're, you're not getting away from this standard deviation of where your reviews would normally be. So if they're, you know, if you're, let's say a restaurant, right, they're going to get a lot more negative reviews. They're going to serve a lot more customers, right? It's a, um, a little bit different industry than a business, right? That's, that's maybe going to get a one review a week or one review every couple of months. Right. And so, um, just take a look in inventory. What's, you know, what are, what are your top review sources? Where are some platforms that you can get additional reviews? So if you've got great reviews, let's say you have zero bad reviews and you don't find anything, or you, you've, you've already addressed your bad reviews or, you know, there's gonna, always going to be a couple of outliers. Let's say you, um, you know, don't have any Facebook reviews, it'd be pertinent to try to get some reviews on Facebook. Or if you're a, uh, you know, not on Glassdoor, maybe ask your employees to leave some feedback, leave, you know, a testimonial in terms of their experience on Glassdoor and try to get as many different review sources um, as possible. And and that way you're going to, to, you know, again, it's important to differentiate, like there's a difference between a review and a testimonial. Testimonial is like, hey, let me give you a Starbucks card and you know, go leave a five-star. A review is is unsolicited in terms of like asking for something, right? You you give them the option, right? They can decide if they're going to fill it out or not. You're not asking them to fill it out or ask them to say anything. And so if you become great at reviews, there's Google Business gives you like a review link, Yelp, there are ways to get review links. Same with Facebook. There's a lot of plugins out there that'll help you set, the, set up a landing page where you can, you know, basically aggregate two or three different places where people can leave reviews. Um, you know, if you sell product reseller ratings, like a free one, right. You could always go a stage higher and get like a Yotpo or shopper approved or trust pilot, a paid review service. That's going to help automate some of that process. Um, you should be getting reviews on a consistent basis and responding to those reviews, um, and engaging with, with people that, that, you know, are, are expressing sentiment around your brand, um, and that's going to be one of your, your key kind of uh, SEO factors when Google looks at your site. You know, they're looking for expertise, trust, authoritativeness, right? Um, or expertise, authoritativeness, trust, EAT is what they call it, the EAT algorithm. And okay. so
0: reviews are part
1: of that. And it's really important to so, you. So review.
0: Google's looking around the web at, uh, at those reviews and Google trusts reviews from sites it doesn't even control?
1: That's correct. That's correct. Now it could also be like an opinion piece. Like you could have someone, you know, write uh, a review of a product that, you know, was their experience with the product. And maybe that was a valid experience for them. Um, So it doesn't necessarily have to be like a, it doesn't necessarily even have to be a review site. It could be, you know, someone else's, you know, credibility in a certain niche. Like if you, let's say sold, you know, um, I don't know, uh, I was going to say like a toy, right? And you, you had like some toy review person write an article about it, right? They could see that person's expertise, trust, authoritativeness be you know high enough to say, well, we're going to factor this into their overall brand sentiment. And you know, let's say you, that's an outlier, right? And you have great reviews across multiple platforms and by and large, you do a great job of responding to reviews and if you get bad ones, you communicate with the client, figure out if there's a way to, you know, correct the issue or have them remove the review or reevaluate the product. Right. So there's different strategies that you can do if you, if you inherently, you know, get to that point where you get a bad review. Um, Google will look at different sites. Right. And so a lot of people wonder, like, well, review spam. There's people that, you know i've seen the craziest uh craziest things where people try to do negative reviews against other businesses and there's all kinds of stuff google's pretty hip to that stuff now Um, are they
0: how how would it know i mean it just seems like that's a lot of ai that's got to be thrown out there to in order to to have that that happen are they that smart
1: so uh, there's definitely a manual review process so um in terms of review spam you know it, it that is still partially initiated by human right so you need to actually like what i the way that we found that there was spam for this particular business is we got a couple of bad reviews which is pretty unusual for the business um back to back and then we looked at the person's profile like you can actually look at their profile in google um and we were like, ran it in the customer database and like looked and tried to determine like, was this person ever a client? We kept seeing, we were getting more and more of these reviews, and we kept seeing that none of the people matched up. And then you'd look at their profile and they would be leaving reviews for like businesses all over the place, and a lot of them were bad. Right? It was, you know, some of them were good, some of them were bad. It didn't seem like it was a real profile. So you flag the review for spam and you say, hey, look, this person was never a client. Right? We checked our records. And if they suspect, if they see that usually like a gig worker, like a Fiverr person or, you know, Upwork or someone who's going to uh, have a gig where you can buy a review, they're leaving reviews on multiple businesses. Right. And so um, they'll audit the the most recent reviews. And if they find that the the person is, has an IP address in another country and has been leaving, you know, reviews across, um, you know, businesses where he likely hasn't, he or she likely hasn't visited or hasn't had an affiliation with, right? Then you can I think there's certain ways to um, to determine like where the location of the reviewer is. So there's some yeah. level of of you know checks and balance there, by and large, it's it's you know work in progress for sure. And and it's definitely up to the like if you don't identify it, Google's not going to automatically take it down in most cases, right? So okay. it's it's definitely an as case as in case well, by
0: case. Let's go to, um, the, so I know there's reviews now. I didn't realize they, they were that smart about it. Um, let's talk about backlinks. Cause I think that was your second, uh, thing that you were talking about. How do you, how do you get good backlinks if you don't have a big budget? So backlinks are, are
1: much like, you know, community building and networking is kind of like what backlinks are. And so, um, you know, just like, uh, just like we try to add value in the form of podcasts and in other, you know, content, whether it's Instagram or, right. You can also create different pieces of content, whether it's infographics or blogs or resources, right. Compiled resources for people in your community. And so there's, there's a way to get Garner natural backlinks. Now, you know, usually you Garner natural backlinks, as you hit the first page, people start, you know, looking for resources and they start to link out to you. So many people Right. You don't have a lot of businesses don't ever actually realize uh, a ton of backlinking. Just, you know, the article goes up or the page is up and right. Where are my backlinks? And you're waiting. You're saying, OK, right. I don't have a huge budget. I don't want to spend a fortune. Um, how do I get some backlinks? And so what I encourage you to do is um, where would people, you know, find this content relevant or how can you contribute and add value to someone? And that's really what the backlink was designed for, right? It was for sharing. It was almost like social sharing now on Facebook, right? It was like backlinking. You're like, check out this site, right? I like this site. I'm vouching for this site. And so I, I equate it like a formula, right? Like uh, a, a, for, a simple example would be like, you know, if you're at Home Depot and um, you're looking for some paint and you're, you're looking for a painter and you're buying your paint and you say, Hey, you know, good painter. And they're like, you gotta check out Bob's painting. Right. Cool. You go, you get home, you unpack your paint, you're talking to your neighbor, you know, he's trimming his hedge, or she's trimming her hedge, right? And uh, you say, hey, you know a you know, good painter? You're like, oh, you gotta check out Bob's, right? Now, by this point, you're probably gonna check out Bob's painting, right? And so that's how backlinks work, right? If you have um, people looking for answers and looking for resources, right? How do you get backlinks? Well, uh, for, for businesses, a low-hanging fruit is citations, so it's kind of like yellow pages, like local listings and directories, more designed for local business. You can use it for corporate offices. Um, it still works the same, right? And gets you quality backlink. That said, it's really more designed for, for someone that is needs to go to physical location, right? Now, other ways that you can garner backlinks are like press releases, right? Now, these are temporary backlinks. They're going to disappear after probably three or four months, Um, They're going to get you a nice boost. It's going to get you some referral traffic from some news sites. You're going to be able to share like, you know, as seen on NBC or Fox, right? You get this kind of like humble brag out of it, but most people just care about the link equity, right? And you're getting links from top tier news sites. It's just most of these sites aren't going to keep them around forever. News expires, right? So I encourage you to look in their press release. It's always great. If you have an announcement or something newsworthy, it can just be, you know, something that isn't, uh, objectively news, right. It can't be like, you know, Hey, we think it's not an opinion piece, right. It's very new. It's like, we have this sale going on, or we add a new team member, or we have a new product or service coming out, right. Or a new promotion, right. It's very news kind of like targeted the, the, the most, you know, coveted backlinks are going to be ones from sites that have authority in a certain niche. Right. And so if you're all about accounting, Right, perhaps you'd want to start looking for backlinks from sites that deal with accounting. And in order to get on those sites, you're going to need to contribute some value to them. Right, so that can come in the form of multiple things. It come in the form of content. It come in the form of expertise. Right, there's other tools like Haro help a reporter out, where reporters are looking for sources. And if you know you have the expertise and the thought leadership, and you can comment on you know an e-commerce trend or something in your industry in a niche industry that you know, you can be a source for someone, there's different ways, right? You can provide value and it's really focused corely around value. Now on the other end, right? There's also free backlinks that you can get, right? You can do like a medium site. There's, you know, some web 2.0s and things that are going to help kind of build your domain equity. And after that, you're, you're really trying to get consistent backlinks at scale from niche sites that have good traffic. And so there's a, a certain, um, finesse needed to be able yeah, to identify right. right what those sites are at a, at a local level um you know your chamber of commerce could be a place right like if you're you know if you're on a a bigger national level level like what are communities and groups and resources right if you sell you know one of our clients sells gaming servers it's like we're we're looking at niches that have um you know game game related developers and people that are looking to launch their own game servers and have friends that like gaming right and so it's really about diving into your community providing some value and some context around that value it's not just some shameless like promotion of like visit my site right it's got to drive some value and so once you drive that value then people will start to link to it and you can you know exponentially garner links that you're not necessarily paying for with resources or time or publishing fee or you know, news, you know,
0: news, post fee, that kind of thing. Excellent. Okay. So, all right, we got backlinks, we've got reviews. What else do you need to focus on?
1: So uh, I'll, I'll kind of breeze through the next couple. These are, um, these are pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, You know, I'd like to start with content, right? And so when Google's evaluating your site, what kind of, um, you know, if you look at, at sites that rank really well, like, few, I love Huskies. I've got a, you know, a Husky Pomeranian mix. He's His name is Zorro. He's a f- fluffy, like crazy talkative dog. He's Hilarious. Right. And if I looked at, you know, what, you know, Siberian Huskies were on online, I might find like a Wikipedia. Now Wikipedia is almost like an encyclopedia, right? It is an encyclopedia. And so they have all of the different things that you want to know about Huskies, right? Like where they originated from, their coats, like what they eat, how old they live, common health problems, right? Things pay attention to. The, from A to Z, they've comprehensively covered everything there is to know about Siberian Huskies. And I encourage business owners, while this may be ambitious, right? And, and marketing departments, while this may be ambitious, like this is what allows Wikipedia to be a thought expert and thought leader, right? They have all these people contributing and they're fact-checking and they're making sure that the quality of their content is maintained and it's regularly, you know, updated with the latest information, right? There's a lot of detail that goes into their website. And so when Google's evaluating your content, they are looking at how much detail, how much expertise, was this a generic article or was some, you know, original information presented or original analysis, or does the, the author have credibility in this niche, right? And furthermore, like, are we comprehensively covering the subject at length? in a way that is also going to sell it, right? So it's not just like SEO and like listing out everything, but telling a story and and making it, you know, uh, engaging, right? To the person. So if Google sees people bouncing away and they don't like the content, right? It's not going to rank. So there's it's a tall order, right? Thinking about it from from the Wikipedia example, you want to cover from A to Z, like what are, you know, take a topic and break it down. What are the five questions that your customers have Um, or your prospective buyers have when they're considering a product or service. And from there, right, really listing out not just all the features and benefits and, right, uh, it's really making it digestible, right? So are are we talking about the brand and saying, hey, our brand is the best? Are we making the customer the hero, right? If anyone's ever read the book, The Hero's Journey, right? Like a lot of our websites just talk about us and how great our products and services are right? We really want to contextualize that to um, what the client or user or, you know, business is going to experience when they work with us. And so, um, you know, changing your use, uh, changing our, our eyes and we's to use and and flipping the sentence around and really making it more of like a copy. It's copywriting and SEO, right? And research and and more, you know, you're kind of weaving this web. And so for people that are struggling to, to you know, Put everything in a box it starts with like what are the five things that people ask you digitizing that process and then building out the rest of your expertise uh, into the funnel right and and you know whether you're you're an architect or you know a server hosting company or or supplement business or right uh you know b2b services right it doesn't matter it's it's all the same formula um and it it requires you know some some time spent, right? Google's looking at the content saying like, how is, is this content accurate? Is it up to date? Is it maintained? Is it written by someone who's an expert? Are they giving us the pros and cons or just the pros, right? Are they giving us, you know, the supporting re- research and information or creating some kind of, uh, you know, evaluation for someone to, to base their opinion off of that's factual, right? Is this going to help the person or is it going to affect their money or their life negatively? Is it going to negatively affect them? And so, Um, it starts with great content from there that's going to flow into your design right so that's the the next one is your design of your website does your website have an uh, appealing aesthetic does it reflect the quality of your brand the experience that they they're you know uh, uh,
0: is the branding reflective of of the experience so does google google looks at the appealability of the site i mean how does google know if something's designed well or not how how does that work so uh, usually what what i see it's a little bit through conversion actions,
1: right? So like if you're set up properly and you know where conversions are coming from and you have your funnels and everything set up, um, you know, this is, this is not something that I've proven. This is an opinion. I think Google looks at um, your conversion data and it looks at certain KPIs, like your bounce rate, pages per session. um, You know, how many, if, if you're presenting the user with hyperlinks, are they clicking those links? Are they clicking those calls to action? Are they, passing by those opportunities um, you know and these are things that Chrome tracks as well like where clicks are coming from and our users hitting the back button on Chrome is one that Google does actually use right so some people have tried to hack the system and they put a you know you hit the back button and it takes you to another page and there's all kinds of like kind of gray hat and black hat tactics that some people have uh, put out things for um, that said I think it's just old-fashioned like if you, If you have a great site, people aren't going to back away from it. They're going to probably visit more pages or they're going to click something and engage with the site. Google Analytics is tracking this. Chrome is tracking this. They're tracking if you hit the bookmark. That's a signal, right? So if you really like a website and you bookmark it, they might get a little SEO boost out of it. Now, this is one of many signals, 200 signals, right? So don't go bookmarking every single page thinking you're going to change your rankings overnight, right? But these are... These are indicators that Google uses to evaluate the, you know, performance of the site from what they call a searcher task accomplishment perspective. So every query um, has like these sub questions and sub queries, right? Like, should I invest in cryptocurrency? Right? And if you have an article on cryptocurrency and you're a crypto, you know, let's just say for whatever reason, sorry for those who aren't interested in cryptocurrency. This is just an example. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go um, ahead. We are. Long story short. Um, you know, you would need to know what broker to use and what are the different cryptocurrencies and what's a wallet and what are the fees you can expect? And, you know, how does cryptocurrency, you know, options work? Are there, you know, ETFs, right? You want to learn all these different angles of cryptocurrency. So if you're going to rank for that article, um, Google says, well, if you're searching for the term how to invest in cryptocurrency, you actually need to be talking about all the, you basically need to make the person... Um, a mini expert in this or give them enough information to make an educated, informed decision. So that would include brokers, the types of currencies, how to evaluate, right? What sites to avoid, what sites are trusted, you know, w- where can things go wrong? Where do they go great? Not just painting it one way or the other, right? And having like a really comprehensive article, Google will evaluate your page and say, wow, this page, they talked about the brokers, they talked about the risks, they talked about, you know, the the different types of, of trades and really diving through, right? Like, okay, you know, stable coins versus, you know, uh, the the whole gambit, right? And so yeah. from there, the person can walk away and say, okay, well now, you know, I might not go out and buy one today, but I at least know where I can find the information and be a resource for the person, you know, who's who's looking to get invested. And so uh, that was one, um, one example that, that's like a real life example where you know, it's not, it wasn't just enough to talk about the cryptocurrencies and be like, well, Ethereum or Bitcoin or Cardano or, right, you know, District OX or whatever the new coin is, right? It, it was that and like how to make an informed investment and how to ensure that your money was going to be safe and like to consider using a, an off storage wallet versus like, you know, a Coinbase and all these different things, right? And so that was really what Google determined was... The best experience for the user for that particular search and every search is different right so if you're selling you know um cfo consulting or whatever it is right like what are what are the underneath decisions or underlying decisions that people um inherently whether they know they need to know it or they they don't need to know it like what you should you be presenting the user with from an information perspective um, and just trying to add as much value and trying to really help them, right? And be that source of water in the desert. Some people say, well, why do you give away your best stuff or, right? It's like, well, at the end of the day, people still have to do the work, right? And so if they're gonna do the work, they're gonna do it anyways. It's great that you could help them and when they need your help, they'll be back, right? And if they can't do the work, now they know what they need to do in order and the questions they need to ask, whether they hire you or someone else, right? And so it's really simple, right? Just making sure that you have great um, great content. And and again, that experience matters, right? So it's like, does your website's quality reflect like the quality of the content, the quality of the brand? Like are people, are the colors right? Do people, you know, find, can they find, you know, other resources and you're really presenting people with an easy to use experience or do they have to dig and find and click through a bunch of different wormholes to find the one article that they're looking for? Right. And so, Um, you know, those are some, some really important things. And then one on the topic of this, right? Page speed, just by improving your page speed alone, you can reduce your bounce rate and increase your conversion rate. And so, you know, if you have a site, everyone's always concerned about adding more traffic to the top of the funnel, right? And fast websites that have great page speed tend to rank better in Google search, right? So that's, it's definitely more than a tiebreaker. It's, it's a leading indicator and it's a leading signal of quality. Um, you will take, if you take the same site with the same amount of traffic and you have one that a page loads in 10 seconds and one in a page loads that, you know, the other site, the page loads in two seconds on a desktop, right. You're going to see an exponential increase in your conversion rates and the time spent on the page. Right. So we're just impatient, even with 5g, even with high speed internet, right. We want things yeah. to be instant. And so it's a brand perception, right? If your brand, you know, if you're, if you're selling Ferraris, right, and your website's slow, what are they going to think? They're going to be like, oh, is this car really that fast, right? Like someone who doesn't know Ferraris might think that, right? We all know Ferrari's quick car, right? More than a, you know, it's a supercar, right? But does the, your website really reflect the experience that a user would get? They're trying to configure their leather tan seats and it takes three seconds for the picture to load, right? It isn't really kind of interrupting the dream of driving the Ferrari, right? And so, um, you know, whether it's Ferraris or consulting or SEO, or, you know, you get the idea having fast page speed matters.
0: So is there anything else? I mean, it seems like we went through most of the topics. Is there anything else that matters uh, to rank on page one of Google? And then, you know, I'd, I'd like you to kind of tie it all together and just say, here's the formula, uh, and then, the, and this is the time frame that you expect, um, I always, I always find there's a lot of competition for, for, for page one. So how do you do better than, you know, your competition, if they're spending more money or being more innovative, it seems like it's a never ending race.
1: It is a, um, it is a race just like all marketing, right? Like there's seasons where you may have, uh, you know, a competitor that improves their page, right? as time goes on, as experiences become more immersive and you have, you know, more uh, videos and different pieces of content, different tools, right? There's there's ways that you can, um, you know, take a, take a step into territory that you may seem, you know, it may be deemed as like too competitive, right? And, and as I aim high, right? Like look at the site, look at what they do well. And like, how can we exceed that, right? Don't start from like, taking what you have and, and, and taking it, you know, trying to turn it into something it's not right. Like start where, where you see people winning and, and aim for that. And, you know, the, the next thing that I would, I would put in is, is there's no, everything's subjective here, design content, right. Backlinks and technical SEO are a little more concrete. Um, part of the process is right. Having the team to scale and refine and, and determine what's working. So like using Google optimize, split testing your pages, using crazy egg, Hotjar, see what's working, see what's not start rolling out more of the things that are working, scaling that out across the rest of your site, right. Start eliminating things and identifying areas where things aren't working. Right. And so part of this is, is, you know, really having the chops to go and say, okay, it does take a small village and we really need to innovate and be, you know, there's, there's right. 90% of people aren't going to hit page one. So if you want to be among the 10%, it, it involves trying to create an exceptional experience and it doesn't always happen overnight. The great thing about Google is there's tons of traffic. You're still going to get traffic on that upward journey. It's just going to take, you know, to get that exponential results really going to take um, a best in class experience across a variety of, 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 different niches. And so just to tie it all together, right. We've got page speed, right? So you need to be quick. Uh, it's going to help your conversion rate. It's going to help you rank better, um, uh, rank higher on Google, I should say, uh, your design. So compare yourself to other brands, ask, you know, people, you can go to usertesting.com and have people rate your, design and rate your experience, right. You can, there are, you know, ways that you can test this. Um, You can look at crazy egg and hot jar and right. Run a recording session on your website and start changing some things, get a designer to come in and help you, you know, make sure that your, your reading lines are right and making sure that, you know, people are are finding the information that they need. Um, You know, that's going to involve some split testing, right. Google optimize having that, full circle kind of completed loop so you're going to be working on content backlinks right design and then you're going to keep testing and keep scaling and so you never it life's a journey right you never get anywhere right and SEO is the same way so so you know not to say that you don't see this this great result and and you know you have to keep working you know day and night it's not like that it is you know something where in order to stay on top you need to keep innovating and you need to keep um, you know, creating best in class experience for your users doesn't mean you have to reinvent your website, you know, every year uh, it does mean that you need to, you know, stay on top of the trends and, and have someone taking inventory of each of these areas. And so your design, your content, your user experience, you know, split testing those changes, um, you know, getting great backlinks at scale, right? So if you're getting, you know, 10 high DA, high quality backlinks every single month, right? You're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of someone getting one or two, right? If you're competing, if you're trying to go up against, you know, a, a huge brand like Kayak or something like that, you're going to need some, some serious backlinks, right? And that might not happen overnight. So it's, it's, you know, how do we make better content? How do we have a better search or task accomplishment, right? Do we have great reviews? Do we have, you know, a, a consistent experience across all of our channels or social media, you know, feeds pump into our website? Are we sharing our blogs, right. And creating referral traffic and ways for people to link to us and discover us, right. Reaching out to our communities. And, um, you know, on top of that, right. Getting the right PR and getting the right, you know, top tier backlinks from, from sites that, that are highly coveted and have, you know, publishing fees and guidelines and things that, that may create some barriers to entry. And so, you know, we've ranked websites. You can rank a website in as little as two or three months, three or four months, um, in a competitive niche, uh, starting from nothing right now, the, the expectation is that um, I say, you know, every three months, you should be seeing uh, an exponential increase, right? And so it may take that three, six, nine, 12 month, month mark, depending on your budget, right? And depending on the, the scope of your keywords and the aggressiveness of, of your market and competitors and competition, Um, That said, every month and a, you know, it's kind of like the stock market, you'll see it kind of go up, up, up. And over the course of weeks and months, you should see an upward and upward trajectory. And so um, that's the most important part is there's no magic wand. There's no quick fix. If you're launching great landing pages with great designs that are page speed optimized, that have, you know, great supporting content and blogs and other resources for the user, you've got great reviews, you've you know, optimize your titles and tags and your keywords. You're optimizing, uh, you know, your your backlinks to, but with press releases and, you know, leveraging firms to get backlinks or reaching out to people in your community at scale and getting backlinks. Um, doing all of these things and having a horse in the race and and really thinking of it as a holistic approach, um, you will see exponential results in a much shorter time frame than the standard. Oh, it's going to take six to nine months, right? Like. That's bogus. If you plan it out and you're going after the right opportunities and you're going after the right mix where some are going to be super aggressive, some will be more low-hanging fruit, create the light, right landing pages, you're going to light your SEO campaign on fire and, and be able to create some momentum
0: early on. All your- right. And if you don't want to do all that work <laughs> that uh, David just talked about, then how would they get a hold of you and your firm in order to uh, have you help them?
1: Yeah, check us out on the web, Peaks Digital Marketing, P E A K S digitalmarketing.com. Um, you know, ask for free audit. We'd love to you know give you a quick strategy session and uh, you know maybe explore some opportunities. If this ends up being too much, um, you know, check check me out on uh, Instagram, David A Finberg, posting you know videos and a lot more of of what we talked about today is on there for for those of you looking to to learn a little bit more and get some more uh, tips and tricks. And uh, of course, you know, LinkedIn as well in the more traditional Facebook and LinkedIn, you can reach out to me, David Finberg on there, but uh, check us out at Peaks Digital, fill out a contact form, get a free audit, get some insights. Let's uh, help you uncover some strategies and take your campaign to the next level. And uh, if you're a do it yourselfer check out the Instagram, um, we'll be posting more and more content around, uh, you know, backlinks and different strategies that, that we talked about today. So uh, thanks so much. For having me on the show, Mark. Um, I hope you guys found some some value out of this, and uh, uh, you know, feel free to uh, chime in and email me with any questions. You can email me at david at Thanks
0: again, David. Really appreciated you.
1: Likewise.